We are going to jump right in with Shauna and Mike, an amazing couple who I met in Banff, Alberta, that's Canada in the Rocky Mountains, to those who do not know Canadian geography, at my Keeping It Hot Couples Retreat last December, or December 2022, because I don't know how far in the future you are, McFly. Shauna and Mike, they're going to tell us their story of building a family and having a lot of their plans uprooted by the pandemic and the changes in the economy and job layoffs and hard decisions about how and where the money is going to come from and how often both parents are going to be able to be in the house with the children because Mike works remote. Um, He's a camp worker in Canada and they're going to tell us uh, where they were emotionally and physically and then where they have come to together with some hard work and some hard conversations and a lot of self-honesty. This episode is brought to you by Splash Blanket. Using a dedicated intimacy bed covering and washing it after sexy time may seem like it will add to your laundry load, but it's actually the opposite. Later in the episode, I'll tell you how. Get the world's first and best waterproof sex blanket at splashblanket.us and use code KEEPINGITHOT for 11% off. That's splashblanket.us. Got lube? Or at the very least, do you have an opinion on lube? I used to think it was sticky, messy, and plain unnecessary. That is, until I tried Coconut. Back in 2020, I received my first three-pack of Coconut, oil-based lube, water-based lube, and their hemp-infused body oil, and I was sold. Since then, I've used Coconut every single time I've been intimate. Why was it love at first touch? Well, it's made with natural and organic ingredients, so I can feel good about what's going on in, in my body. It also feels, smells, and tastes great. I have really sensitive skin, so I was worried about how my body would react, but honestly, it leaves my vagina feeling better, like more moisturized and more balanced. Go to kokanoo.com and use code KEEPINGITHOT for 15% off. That's kokanoo.com. Hey, Canadian listeners. Would you like some kokanoo too? You can go to keepingithot.ca and use code KEEPINGITHOT to get 15% off. That's keepingithot.ca. Do you know the benefits of using sex toys made out of glass? First, glass is non-porous, so it's super easy to clean. You can even put your glass dildo in the dishwasher, which I probably would not because my kids unload it, but it's good to know that you can. I love the glass toys from Yoni Pleasure Palace. I had a Keeping It Hot couples retreat and I chose the Sacred Squirter as one of the toys for the welcome pack. It's made out of translucent pink glass and it's shaped like a dragon's tongue. Honestly, it looks like a beautiful little sculpture and the sensation from it is incredible. Glass toys present a firm touch, which is welcome for most G-spot and prostate play. And they often have special nubs and ridges for a whole different sensation. And did you know that you can also put glass toys in the fridge or preheat them with warm water to completely change the experience? Go to yonipleasurepalace.com and use code KEEPINGITHOT for 11% off. If you haven't already, you need to grab Keeping It Hot, the workbook. In a perfect world where we all got incredible sex ed and were free to explore our bodies in a natural and safe way as we grew up, hot sex could naturally be a side effect of a great relationship. But many of us have physical issues and emotional or psychological hangups or communication limitations that make it oh so challenging. The workbook is filled with fun easy exercises to act as icebreakers to open up new conversations in and outside the bedroom. Go to the links below or keepingithot.com to see where you can get the paperback version of the workbook or download the printable 
digital version directly to your inbox for immediate delivery. Tell us about the two of you and your family and a lot of the things that you shared with me, like, you know, how life is really busy for you all right now. <laughs> uh, well, we live in just outside Edmonton. We've got three kids, 14, 12, and four. And uh, yeah, we just moved back to Alberta and uprooted our family and put the kids in homeschool. And I wanted, we wanted to be closer to the job I'm doing. Yeah, so he works in Fort McMurray um, in the oil field. So I'm home with the kids for two weeks at a time. And he's usually only home for one week. Right. So he's gone two weeks at camp working <laughs> and then one week home. And you're homeschooling all the kids. Are you still homeschooling them? Yes. <laughs> okay. You're homeschooling the three kids. And I've been there. A lot of us have been there now because of pandemic. I used to homeschool on purpose before pandemic too. Yeah. So I can understand the reasons why. And there are so many incredible reasons why, like even just starting with you get to set your own schedule. Okay. So Mike, were you the one who booked the retreat? And did you follow me for very long before that? Um, because there were a lot of emails back and forth from Mike when he first booked it, excited and then nervous. And it was the whole range of emotions. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, a bit of an emotional train wreck, uh, but no, I, I don't know. I, no, 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 no. I, I have experienced <laughs> it so far as you're an emotional carousel. I love the view from all of the places. Every time you open up more, I'm like, oh, I like how Mike thinks and I like his stories. Somehow, I don't know how the algorithm works because I can assure you that my browsing history does not have monogamy in it or anything like that. The first time it popped up, I'm like, what is this? How did this lady get in my feed? I know, it's funny. It's funny because my my content lands on the feed of people who don't know they're looking for something like what I'm talking about. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it popped up in my feed. Um, and then once you watch one, right. And it, they started coming up more frequently and then the retreat thing popped up. I think it was the retreat first and then the first challenge. Yeah. And then the big O October challenge. And once I got into the challenge and I started actually listening, then I, cause at first I was like, Oh, this is, this would be awesome. We can just get away, go spend some time with each other. And then, you know, it's a retreat and there's talk about meditations and this and that. And I'm like, Oh, is it going to be one of those? Let's all sit around and force people to participate and which (laughs) I hate, but it wasn't like that. But once I started actually listening to the, to the lives and I was like, there was lots of stuff that was like, Oh, okay. That's actually something like recognize <laughs> up until that point. Everybody thinks, or we, we think it's like, Oh, we, our marriage is awesome. Right. There's no like red flag, crazy things, but then you hear these little things and you're like that hits home that makes sense yeah can you share any of those that you were hearing Mike because it's funny that you said that because people who have picked up my book podcast hosts who have read it producers who actually one producer he started following me during my March hotness challenge last year I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but I do this bracket every year where I compare sexy things. We set it up like the NCAA bracket and we have uh, head to head uh, votes like showdowns every night, like doggy style versus spa day, like what's hotter or missionary versus having the whole house to yourself for the weekend. Like 5,000 people voted on that and and having the house to yourself for the whole weekend one like men women everyone they were like oh my god that's so hot like i want that right so people come in and they're like oh interesting this is about some sex stuff and then they watch a couple videos or they get like a chapter in or for you mike it was maybe the first live stream you watched you were like wait a minute i don't remember what which one i heard first but the two main things was the first the first one i think was the unsaid words things we don't say Mm -hmm. and the second one was uh 
Well, you're thinking of that second one. Tell me more about the first one. Tell me more about the unsaid words. What well, did I say or what did you hear? And then what came up in your conversation? It was, after it was either in the book or in the challenge. And I remember you had said that you and Manny don't fight. Yeah. Or you didn't fight. Yeah, we didn't. Like, we oh. do now a little bit, which is actually, it's actually kind of a cool thing because it's actually healthier to yeah. go back. And, and, forth the, and so <clears throat> that made me think, because I was like, we've been together for like close to 15 years, I think. And we've never had a blowout, never had a, even it's, you know, there'll be little annoyances and little, little sn like yeah, snits, snits, right. Yeah. But never like, and I, and I judge that as a metric of, Oh, our marriage is the best marriage out there. But then I started thinking about it yeah. and it all tied into all the bullshit mm -hmm. I've been putting myself through the bunch of last bunch of years where I don't tell her how I'm feeling right and yeah i'm and i'm doing stuff and trying to take look after her make sure she's taken care of but then i'm miserable because i'm not venting anything which in turn affects the whole household because i'm just in a yeah. shitty mood all the time yeah mike will you tell us even more about that because giving giving details about your specific situation just as much as you're willing to share right like it's stress at work or this or that giving yeah. details quite often allows people to go oh that's how that shows up for me that's what i do okay so the shit you've been putting yourself through for a couple years yeah. right okay let's just yeah. pause there for a minute because we have an incredible tolerance for discomfort incredible tolerance right if we were to actually tune into like how our body feels or like physically or emotionally or our level of stress or like to just go, wow, I wonder what my heart rate is right now, because I feel like I'm racing, right? We have a remarkable tolerance for discomfort and we have a remarkable aversion to feeling too relaxed or feeling too joyful or feeling because we think that that's when the rug's going to get pulled out from under us, right? Or that's when we're going to realize, oh, you don't have your ducks in a row, huge tax bill, or like that you have to be on guard in order to be safe, right? So our nervous system is very, um, very up, right? We're, we're really, really pretty tightly wound. So Mike, details that you're willing to share. I was about 11 years into a career with a company, a surveying and engineering company. And uh, they'd gone through some ownership changes and, you know, management, the different groups were arguing amongst themselves. So uh, eventually they shut their doors, filed for bankruptcy, and I had to start from scratch. So over that period, and, and I don't want to toot my own horn, but I was fucking awesome at what I do. Yeah. Okay. Wait, pause. Due to like, I mean, that's one of our jobs. This is one of the things I used to tell my athletes, my skaters, right? Like 12 and 13 year old girls is where I would really try to reinforce this. Cause little kids will be like, I was the best. And then it starts to change a bit. Right. And then you start to not think you're good at anything, or if you are, you shouldn't admit. So you're kicking ass at the job. You're like, you are delivering. You've been there 11 years. You're learning. Amazing. Right? amazing home life balance I was one week on one week off like it was everything was perfect the money wasn't as good as I was really wanting because they okay wait wait so let's just say let's just but right but but right now you have the good things about the job you really have a lot of like you've really shined that up so yes. let's just go and you weren't making as much money as you should have been like let's just you know even it out a little yeah. mm -hmm. so um so I had to start over. So I started looking for jobs. And this is at a time we just had a change in government here. The economic stuff was not looking the best. So I was applying for jobs and I was applying for dozens of jobs. And over the course of six months, I got one call back. So, yeah. So I was like super super hard on myself because I thought maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. Like down, down. like really down. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Cause I talked to people about my resume. So I changed my resume and I was applying to different kinds of jobs. And just given the economic climate, people could hire a professional engineer with 30 years experience for the same money as me. Right. And that's, I think what the problem was. So anyway, during that time though, we we're also going through, 
So no income, you know, close to losing our house, uh, asking people for help, which is another thing I don't do well with. Yeah. Yeah. So all of those things add up. So then I did, I got a new job. Eventually I got a, uh, I switched up and I started operating heavy equipment with the understanding that I would get back. They slowly moved me into like management role, which, cause it ties into the field I was in. I'm getting into that spot now. I, I just part of one of the homework things the other day was uh, one of the challenge things was to, I think to say some or tell somebody something that you're uncomfortable. So I went to the bosses and I said, okay, I'm ready to take that guy's job, the superintendent, because he just got a promotion. So I did that. So I'm getting there, but the home work balance is not good. Like I, I, I'm gone. I don't like being gone so much. So yeah. now that's the trade-off, right? So, right. But, um, but yeah, so anyway, over this whole time, as I got harder and harder on myself, I did the things I like to do less and less because it's yeah. easier to feel shitty than it is to try and turn it around when you're feeling that way. It's easy to stay in the shitty feeling. It's inertia, yeah. right? Right. It's easy, to, easier to stay in the discomfort yeah. And the agony, the, right. And even your thought patterns keep going and going and they're just yeah, throwing salt on the wound, throwing salt on the wound. Right. And maybe you suck even more than you thought. Right. It's just like all of us are, our, our inner critic is so similar in that, like, it talks like a third grader and it's like, you're dumb. No one likes you. Right. Yeah. And, you know, so I had this new job and I'm moving my way up, but I'm still, I still had those feelings and I spend lots the like the gross majority of my time I spend alone because I'm up there and at nights I'm in my camp alone and at work I'm management so I don't have the camaraderie of the whole group so I don't have a lot of connections so at night or whatever there'd be nights where you know just up all night thinking these shitty things about yourself right okay which is like Taylor Swift's Midnights, a recent book that is from a writer friend of mine who's also a songwriter, Conversations with My Other Voice. For so many of us, it's like that voice that keeps us up at night telling us really, really awful stories that that are kind of boring, though, too. It's like. You just like low, low key suck. Don't, don't you know, you just low, like, you know what I mean? It's just like, so mediocre. It's not even creative. It's not even like you are like the greatest villain to ever live. Like you're that. Yeah. It's the same yeah. thing over and over again. Like, Oh, you know, she doesn't love me. She's going to leave me. I'm going to lose my job. I'm this, 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 I'm not spending enough time with the kids. Like, Oh, so Mike, so it's like, okay, I need to be doing my work here to make more money. And also because I am away from the house for two weeks at a time to make this money because I love my family so much, because I mean, that's one thing that the parent, as soon as you and Shauna walk in a room, Mike fucking loves Shauna, like up, down, sideways, like immediate, like boom. Okay. And you're like, so certain of that, that but it's easy for your ego to come in and poke at that spot and go, she's going to leave you. It's not going to matter. And then you're going to lose your job and you won't have your family to go back to. Right. Like, do you guys have pets? Yeah. Okay. And Mike, does your voice say, yeah. And she and the kids will keep the dog. Of course. Like, I'm okay with that that part. Okay. You're happy with that part. (laughs) I just assume. But but yeah, it's, it's just, it'll every little detail, right. It finds a way to, pick away. So, so yeah. that's where I was. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but in the bedroom, there's always room to learn. Show your willingness to try new things with the After Dark Workshops. They're private, recorded, guided pleasure practices from trained tantric coaches and sex therapists. Go to keepingithot.com for our single workshops and bundles. Topics include oral and manual for him, Oral and manual for her. Intro to dirty talk. Intro to squirting. Secrets of female pleasure. Control your ejaculation masterclass for men. And more. Workshops start at $25. It's the cheapest and sexiest date night you can get. Check out the After Dark Workshops at keepingithot.com. And I've been doing this for like the, the remote work thing for 
ever before the kids were born. And if somebody would have told me, like I had a three-year plan 15 years ago to work up there. And if somebody would have told me like, and at that time it was not even on anybody's radar, but nobody ever mentions the aspect of your mental health, of the isolation of being up there. Like that's not a thing. And, and, and it's up until recently men's mental health wasn't really a concern anyway. Right. 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 We just thought men need to worry about. So yeah. Yeah. Because they don't naturally have as many feelings, right? Right. No, no, no. Right. Right. Like, Ooh, men feel two things, tired or hungry or horny. That's one of the interesting things. This is, this is something that surprises people all the time. When I say 80, I used to say 80% of my DMS and emails were for men, but now it's like 90%. It's men coming into my DMS going, Hey, I just want to say thank you for your content. I saw a couple of videos, sent one to my wife, opened up a conversation that had a different outcome than normal, right? We're very good at having mediocre conversations that don't go anywhere. We're very good at pretending to have conversations that don't actually improve communication. And we think, oh, something has to change in our lives or our kids need to be a different age or, oh, we need to wait till after the tax bill next year to have these conversations and to move forward, like in our understanding or our planning together, because that's one of the things when finances are up in the air, promotions are up in the air. I think a lot of families do this in different ways, right? Whether they're working a couple jobs or shift work or running around, or someone is actually living apart from the family, right? For weeks at a time, we then make money an even more powerful controlling force over what we're doing than it should be, right? Then it then it is. Like, I mean, you know, there's the 3D reality, like we're giving money to like get groceries. We're like paying our electric bill or our hydro, right? Um, but when the getting of the money feels so hard, like there's such a, such a take or there's such a, you know, there's such an expense, to the family and the time together. And I, you guys told me this when we were at the retreat in Banff, that when Mike comes home for the week, right? He's away for two weeks working. And when he comes home, you guys like try to pack in as much. Well, uh, it, there was a, there were a lot of things on the list, Shauna. So do you want to tell me about that? All the things on the list when Mike gets home. Well, there's always a list. Like there's less things, like we just moved into a new house. So, and it's a new to us house. It's a 20 year old house. So there's lots of things to do always. So like last time he was home, it was changing the ceiling fan or shelves in the garage put up or it's just a never ending list. Yeah. Of stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, constantly. And that has to be on top of squeezing in time with the kids so we always try to schedule at least a day or two that we take them out and do something because you're homeschooling so you have when he's home you guys can just go on your own schedule for the most part yeah yeah like they they do their schoolwork they're usually done by 2 in the afternoon the nice thing with it is that okay if we get a little bit ahead today we could we'll be done even earlier tomorrow and we could go do whatever right yeah. so yeah, we we try to keep them on their regular schedule for school stuff but so there's that too, like get your school stuff in, or we try to get ahead before dad gets home. So there's not as much schoolwork to do while he's here. But, get but the like, out of the way. Right. There's, but there, it sounds like there's sort of like a hurry up, like a rush before he gets home. Yes. And then when he's there, is the pace just go the whole time? Or what is it like that? Yeah, but we have our dad, like we always, when he's home, it's more we try to have more family time together. So okay. we have family movie nights. And like I said, taking the kids out to do things. For me, For from, from my side, there's always never enough time. Yeah. I'm, I'm so worried about time all the time. Okay, so question about time. Because really, time, time only exists when we think we're not giving enough to the people we love or that we're not getting enough for ourselves. So it's always relational. Okay. So like, let's, let's forget about like the number of hours in the day. Who do you feel like you're not giving enough to when you're home? Cause that's more what it sounds like. Uh, probably the older kids. Okay. Like I, be, because I've done this since before all the kids were born, 
you know, the, the quality time when they were little was there, but now they're getting older and it's, it's too easy. And then it would be one thing if they weren't interested in it. But when I think back, there's definite times, lots of them where my son has come and said, Hey, you want to do this? And I'll be like, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'm, let me just finish putting this shelf up. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then next thing I know, the next day I'm like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I didn't go back downstairs and follow up. And, and, but that's such a great awareness. That's such a great awareness. Cause you know what happens in families for generations, the kid who will only ask once just ask what asks once, Mm -hmm. and then they walk away and then they become a parent who tells their kid only ask once. And then if they say no, just don't, and maybe they'll have a kid because we have, we have kids with different personalities, right? And I'm sure you do too, that there's a kid who will be like, they're not taking no for the answer. They're going to, they're going to follow up. They're going to follow up. They're going to follow up. And they squeaky wheel, squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? So the fact that you're noticing this before you see your child replaying it with their kids, like bingo, you're not late. You're not late. Right. I'm, I say that to them all the time. I'm like, you're not doing anything wrong. <laughs> like, and if, when you, if you're aware of what's bothering you, then you have the time to correct it. And absolutely. It and-, and with, with my kids, I, my overwork and stress and dissatisfaction in my marriage, everything used to come out sideways as a raging yell at my children for like a minor thing. Like Luke was, I think three and I, we were rushing to get out the door and I was like, put on your freaking hoodie. And he looked at me and he goes, which one is my freaking hoodie? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's being a monster. So with the kids, and this is what I would invite for you, Mike, is when you notice that you forgot something that the older one asked to go to them and go, buddy, shit. You asked me that last night and I wanted to do that more than I was doing the shelf, but then I just kept going with something else and I forgot. Okay. Here's how you can come back and ask me again. Or when I'm showing that. Yeah. I actually told him that maybe a month ago, I sat him down and I said, Hey, like, sorry. I know I do this a lot. I said, but shit comes up. So if I don't come down in an hour, come and bug me again, because And did he hear you? Because adulting sucks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But also, what if one or two of your kids are in a situation where they're working in a camp when they're parents? I want you guys to think about if that is the situation. What if there's even more remote work like that going on? Like more contracts? Like what if everybody works from home except when you're working on a project? Like what if the traveling away, maybe it's not just an oil field thing. Maybe it's an IT thing. Maybe it's a this. Maybe like, maybe that's you know, it's once a quarter, you go away for two weeks, you know, and, and do your work with your team on site or whatever. How would you want your kids to feel when they came home with their kids? Would you want it to be like the way it is right now? Not quite. It's because it sounds like there are a lot of good things. You guys are getting a lot of important things in, right? You're like, these are our values and we're going to stick to them. Yeah. Yeah. The things that I would change are fairly minor, you know, in retrospect. So, you know, it's not that part of it's not terrible. And I think I wrote this down somewhere too, is the time thing. I waste so much time, like even, even the time when I'm away. So the time I spent thinking shitty stuff in camp, I could have been doing any number of things. I could have been going to the gym in camp. I could have been writing. I could have been doing whatever Yep. that would make use of that time maybe, or, or maybe I'm looking something up or booking something for us to do when I get home, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. You know, my worry about time is ridiculous when I think about my time management. Like because just- you actually have, because that's the interesting part, right? When you get home, you feel like there's not enough time. And when you're at camp, you're like, I have way too much time to myself. I have way too much time in my yeah. head. And, right and, that's, head. and that's the balance, right? That's the work-life balance. When it was a week on, week off, it was perfect. Okay, wait, wait. <clears throat> it was perfect. It was perfect, Mike, because you only had to be miserable and stewing in your own thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it, 
Yes. At that at that time, though, in camp, like I actually used to take my guitar to camp with me, and I'd play music mm-hmm. at night in my room, or yeah. or do any number of things. Like I used to record covers of songs and send them to her. Like, yeah, I was in a totally different headspace then. How can using a splash blanket for intimacy and washing it after every single use actually simplify laundry? Here's how. I have two, almost three teenagers in the house, and they are scavengers when it comes to shared items like towels. They seem to hoard them, some clean, some dirty, on their bedroom floors. Do I want anything touching my vulva that's been on the floor? Uh, no. Every time the splash blanket comes out of the dryer, it's promptly folded and put in the linen closet and the kids never touch it. They may ask, mom, where's a clean towel? But I never have to go look for a clean blanket for sexy time. Grab yours at splashblanket.us and outsmart the adolescents in your life. Use code keeping it hot for 11% off. There's something that we all do. I'm so glad that we're coming where these details are coming out because there's something that we all do that you are at camp and you feel like it's like a bigger, um, a bigger, there's a bigger downside for your family with you being away for two weeks at a time, right? It's like double the inconvenience or half the time, or like we can look at it in a number of like numbery ways. Mm-hmm. All right. So here's this thing that we often do. And I used to be. I still am sometimes the champ of digging into the hardness of a situation and really, really, you know, bracing myself for how hard and how much of a compromise or sacrifice it's going to be. It's like, Mike, when you go up there, you're like, Mr. Serious, get it done, bring home the bacon. It's like, do you feel like it'd be a disloyalty for you to enjoy your time up there? Not really. Like I, I do feel some guilt because I'm up there not having to deal with what's happening here. I don't have to deal right. with kids homeschool and I'm leaving her to shovel the driveway or the kids to shovel the Right. Place. And that's what I hear more than pride <laughs> that you found this job where you in and in a shit economy and changing politics and changing policies and you're doing work that you're good at. And there's a path for management rather than pride for all those things, right? I hear more guilt that you're gone. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Right? Okay, so if you're going to feel guilty for being there, you should quit that job. If you're gonna keep the job, you have to turn down the dial on the guilt. Yeah. That's it. And when you're playing the guitar, I mean, you can't be in creative flow and in shame at the same time. That's one of the reasons I think why a lot of people have trouble really relaxing in the bedroom in intimacy, because there's shame that comes up and you can't, you can't have shame and relax, relaxation, release, pleasure, joy, creative ideas, right? You're not even going to come up with like the best jokes if you're, if you're like in a shame spiral, right? It's going to be when you're feeling a little. You don't even do those things. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I just stopped doing them. Right. And what do you, what do you do? Do you scroll? Do you like walk around, sit in the dark? What do you do? When I'm up there feeling like shit. When you're up there feeling like shit. Do you have too many beers? Do you, do you scroll? Dry camp. Dry camp. Okay. Well that. Okay. Which is good in its, in its own way, but um, no. Well, I mean, it it reduces the number of variables for poor, poor choices as far as ways we can feel better because I know for myself, alcoholism runs in my family and I will have maybe one glass of wine or like one, like I like the Vizzy brand, like a white claw right? Yeah, yeah. at night. But I notice, wow, that takes the edge off so well and so fast and so consistently. Like I know by the third sip of a 5% like seltzer, <laughs> right. That I'm like, Oh, calmer. Right. So we all have those things that we can reach for that can numb us or try to fill us up that, that aren't the healthiest things. They're right. They yeah. are. Yeah. No, I, 
when you basically, I would just sit in my room and the TV would be on, but it would just be all up here. Just this, my own little TV show upstairs. And it would start with one little thought and it just snowballs from there. And then next thing you know, it's like two o'clock in the morning. I got to get up in two hours. And it, it's, it's basically just, that's, that's what it was. It was, it was just getting wrapped up in my own head mm-hmm. all night. That's all I would do. So thankfully I don't yep. do that. No, you are feeling, you are feeling better. You know what? It's yeah. so interesting because, because Shauna, I would love to hear from you because I'm not married to him. Right. I just see him on Facebook. Whereas, you know, never, never in person, except bam. What are the changes? Cause I've noticed this, this change in Mike over the past couple months, him just like seeming more confident, more certain, more like, more like go with the flow kind of, but you, you tell us. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've noticed them like his glow changed even like he has a smile more on his face and, you know, he seems a lot happier and just excited, you know, to try some stuff and um, I guess, and to look forward to those new changes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think it's, I think it's been a good improvement for sure. Cause like I said, like he doesn't really show that like, cause we stay in contact when he's gone. Like we FaceTime every night and talk to him every single night and talks to the kids every night. And um, he calls me during the day when he's at work and sitting in his truck and sitting there (laughs) watching people, I guess, (laughs) whatever he does. But um, yeah, so it's not like we have like zero contact for the whole week that he's gone. Yep. Um, But it's nice to, to hear him like feel like I could hear it in his voice Mm -hmm. that he's feeling happier. Yeah. Yeah. And what would you say the change is Mike? Like what was the thing in the challenge that made you go, Oh, wait, maybe I have some agency over these like repetitive autopilot thoughts. Was it, was it the thoughts that you considered first, like, I think I can get a hold on this or wait, I think I'm going to take some different actions. I think I'm going to just make some changes rather than just waiting. What was it? It was the, so the second thing that you had mentioned that struck a chord was um, trying to manage her emotions. Oh, because I was talking about how so often we try to manage our partner's emotions because we love them and we want them to feel better. And so I was withholding mine. Yeah, because I thought I was saving hers. Right. Oh. And what that did then, like I, when I realized that, I was like, all of this shit I'm doing is affecting me because I'm withholding it. And and really, my own thought processes is thinking that whatever I tell her, when I tell her I'm feeling shitty, she's gonna have a shitty reaction, and she's gonna think it's a reflection of her. And right. but that's totally unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Right. And how do you really feel, Sean, when he tells you? And it's not usually the case because usually when he finally does open up and it's like, are you serious? Like we could get through this. Like, let's talk about it. Like, right. Know, it's, it's not that big supportive. No, it's not. But it's, it's not it's a burden. All- He's not <laughs> handing you a, like a steaming pile of shit and going here, just no. hold this for me for a minute. But, no. all- but I think too, because he feels like I'm burdened with all of this like my everyday with the kids in the house and this and that, that he doesn't want to add to it. That's exactly yeah. it. Right. Exactly but working. don't, and I, and Manny does this as well. If he's worried about a stock position or this or that, or anything, he won't bring it up to me because he doesn't want to add to it for me, but I can feel that he's holding something that he's not letting out. Like, right. And can you feel that from Mike too, when he's just surface and like not, yeah, absolutely. For sure. Yeah, he, like you're not fooling. Like he's yeah. heavy. You know what I mean? It's just right. Like, you're not yeah. fooling anyone when you're like holding the weight of the world. You're not going to be walking straight, you know? Yeah. And you yeah. know how I want you walking? Do you know that Ben Stiller, like the, with the meme with the head <laughs> in the mind? Is it a Zoolander one? I don't know. It, I, Zoolander, yeah. 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 I want you straight. That's how I see you at camp. Mike, and that's how I see you strut back into your house to your beautiful wife, your beautiful kids, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
daddy, oh, daddy figured out some stuff when I was up at camp and now I'm excited to do this and that, you know, coming back refreshed instead of so just dark. It's like, it's like I think I felt that this time, like with him coming home this time, it was more exciting and um, like, like we had something to look forward to or, you know, yeah. something to do together. And, and it was nice to have that. Uh, right. And to other things to work on, like the, the workshops or the, what are they called? The after darks. Yeah. The after darks, right? Yeah. Just like pick a date night, like, Oh, we're going to sneak away for a night. And, you know, yeah. I love it. I love it. So Shauna, did you follow any of my stuff when he booked Banff? Or did he just book BAMP? He's like, I we're going on a we're trip. Going. What do you say? We're going, we're going on a trip with someone from Instagram. He's like, we're going on a couple's retreat. And I was like, oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. And then I sh- I think I showed her one of your reels or something like that. I said, Oh yeah, this this crazy monogamy lady on, on the interwebs is gonna, we're gonna meet her in BAMP. <laughs> and Shauna, what did you think? Honestly, 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 I was like, yay, I can't wait. Like, we don't, like I said, we haven't been anywhere by ourselves in seven years. Yeah, oh, so you were like, okay. I was like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> when do we leave? You always do stuff as a family, right? Always, always. Yeah. Always. We take your kids, kids everywhere. Yeah. You take your kids everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Like, yeah. we don't go for dinner together. I probably together. count the date nights on one hand and the okay. last. Well, okay. And the oldest is 14. Mm-hmm. Do they ever get left home alone with the oldest? Like during the day? They do. I do now. Um, yeah. Okay. Like, because when he's gone. Our kids love when we go out on a date night and they're home alone for a few hours. Mm-hmm. You know, we lock the door and the dog's here and whatever, but they love it. And we always like make jokes like, okay, the dancing girls and the drugs like have to be out by 9 p.m. because we're coming back. And they just think it's like so funny. Like, you know, yeah, and I mean, they're good kids. I have yeah. a four year old, but she's not like taking things apart. Like she's very easy right. to take care of and keep an eye on. So even if he's gone, I'll run to if I have to go do some shopping, I'd rather just take an hour or two and go by myself. Well, this would be really cool if when Mike's home, the two of you just run errands for an hour and leave the kids home, right? Because I think that that's the reason why a lot of us are feeling like we have to reinvent the wheel for like, wait, how do we do happy marriage? Wait, it's like, we've seen marriage. We've seen marriage all over the place. We saw married with children. We all grew up with that. (laughs) Is that what we want? Is that what we want? For, for men to either hate their wife because they had to marry them or sexualize their daughter because she's hot. What, like, it's like, what is this? So we've seen marriage in a lot of different ways. But what I think is the greatest thing when we are still in a situation where our kids are in the house, if we can make shifts when our kids aren't gone yet, and if your kids are older and they're having their own kids, that's, that's the next perfect time, right? For you seeing how your kids as a couple, you know, your kids in partnership are prioritizing their own well-being or not, right? And just starting that conversation around, yeah, it's important to make money. It's important to go and do family things, but also it's important to relax. It's important for us to feel good for us. And then Mike, you even telling your kids, because I'm sure that they have some of these same tendencies as far as, you know, the tape in our brain. Absolutely. And our kids' little quirks, like, Luke's anxiety and he goes this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I think I know where that came from. I think I don't. So speaking out loud to your kids about your own thought process, like, yeah, sometimes when I'm sitting so often when I'm sitting at camp, oh, this like, you know, tape starts playing in my mind and it just repeats this and this, and this is what I do to stop it. Do you have anything like that comes into your brain and repeats and repeats? Little kids are so funny with this. And this is what I used to have my nieces over a lot. I used to watch them a lot. And when it was a full moon, what we would do is we would send our worries to the moon, like those little worries that come in and go over and over. And this is what I would do. So everyone could take this. It was send your worries to the moon. I told them, put your hands together like this and then whisper that worry into your hands. Okay. Whisper it right in. Don't worry if you don't get the words exactly right. Because like, 
the moon is super, super smart and it's going to understand even if you didn't, right? Because it's been watching. It's watching. You whisper the worry into your hands and then you go like this and you're like, bye little worry. And the moon just during the full moon, it like pulls all of those worries up and recycles them into new stars. And that worry might try to come back and hang out with you because you are really a fun person and it might want to come and like be in your head again. You go, Oh no, no. Like I sent you, you can go now and play. Like you don't need to keep reminding me of that. We're good. Send your worries to the moon. So talking to kids about that, even if they don't seem very worried, even if they don't seem very stressed, like maybe they're going to be a kid who has low anxiety. Amazing. But maybe their future spouse won't be the same. Maybe a boss who they work with for a while or whatever. So like talking those things out to kids, you never know what they're going to pick up right? You never know what they're going to pick up and and keep inside. Um, but talking that out with them, I think can help so much. We have a little anxiety girl for sure. <laughs> yeah. And it's such, I think it's so great. In When I was growing up, we never called anxiety, anxiety. Yeah, no. We just said stress and stress was something stress. Or was shy. Yeah. Oh, stress or shy. Oh, okay. Stress or shy. You're so right. Cause that's how it shows up when kids are little. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have anyone in my family who was shy. My family is like super um, suspicious of introverts, you know? So whenever we have one marry in, because you know, when, when you have one who's born into your family, they're not introverted to you. So like, you don't really realize. Right. But yeah. Yeah stressed or shy. And I used to just think that stressed was something that not lazy people felt. (laughs) Right. And I was like, okay, it's proven to me that I'm not lazy because I'm like, I have things on my mind that I need to do. It's like, I thought lazy was you just like, don't give a shit about anything. So I thought, oh, the more shits I have to give, like the better, (laughs) like that's how I would try to prove my worth to myself. Oh, and just taking a look at these things. And it's funny when I like say something like that to my kids, like my 15 year old go, that was really dumb that you thought that. And I'll go, I know. I'm so, I said, you don't have that thought. So I'm like, good. I did some good work with you because you don't have it. So before you guys, before we wrap up, when you all were coming to Banff, were you like, all right, I don't know what to expect. So, but it'll be fun. Or just like, had you already met some people in the Facebook group? What was that like? No, I, I mean, I think had seen some people comment they were going, but yeah, it was a, it was like show up and see what's going to happen. Like, like I said, it's, I didn't know if we would fit in. Like, I didn't know what to expect. Like, it was cool to see such a broad range of couples, like people that have been together for 20 or 30 years, married kids out of the house. And then there's, you know, people that have been married a few years and then we're somewhere in the middle. Like it was, it was a pretty cool, diverse group. And, and that- I didn't even like, like I said, I didn't look into anything. I didn't like see the book. Kid sent me, was it the website or? I think so. She saw the picture of the hotel and then she was in. She's like, yeah, let's and go. <laughs> when he sent me the link, I was like, oh, I should send it to my best friend. She might be interested. Like they like to go away a lot so I just sent her the link and she opened it actually and looked into it before I even did and you were standing there holding your book with swing on it and she was like um where are you going (laughs) she's like do you know what you're getting into here like is Mike not telling you something I was like what or or she she said are you trying to tell me something I was like what are you talking about? So I went in and opened it up and looked at it. I was like, oh, like what? And then I, I was like, what is this? Like, where are we going? <laughs> and then were you like, I, I already have the information. It's not a swingers. Or were you like, uh. Yeah, I was like, no, no, no. I, and I hadn't read your book or listened to it at that by that, at that point. Time. So I was like, no, but I've been assured that that's not what this is. I know. And it wasn't. So. Yeah. And it wasn't. And, and, and it wasn't. And then, and since then, she's listened to the book as yeah. well. And so, yeah, so it's, yeah, yeah we it's, didn't know what to expect, but we knew that it was re- re- regardless no. of what the retreat part of it was, we, we knew, knew we'd be, yeah, like, spa, time. yeah, heated outdoor pool, yeah, like 
Yeah. How could you go wrong? We're like, we're good. We're in. (laughs) And so what ended up being your favorite parts of it? I think meeting all the people and making that connection with people you don't know. You know, like even like over the pandemic, we weren't really huge on, oh, you can't come over. We had people over all the time. Didn't matter to us. (laughs) But it's, but we, but you hung out with those knit, like you, you kept the same group of people, you know what I mean? So it was nice to meet new people and um, learn things about other people that you've never met before. And yeah, um, yeah, the group, people. the group was the perfect group because we had COVID cancellations right before and all these things. And I was like, no, no, it's going to be the perfect mix. And it was like a variation in ages, but everybody was coming together, just open-minded. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And for different, totally different reasons. Not everybody was there for the exact same reason. Yeah. All right? different. Right. And a lot of people were like, I just want to do something different or I want something more. I think for a lot of people, they were like, I'm not exactly sure what I'm going to get, but it's sort of this feeling that I'm pretty yeah. sure is going to be there. Oh, because I remember laying there and we were just like, we need to do this like all the time. How can we do this all the time? <laughs> What if you just say, you know, you're away so much for work. What if you say you and Shauna are going to go away twice a year together, just the two of you, right? And then you can keep your weeks the same, like, oh yeah, we're, yeah. you know, this is family time, but even once a year would be drastic. Right. It had been seven, right. It had been seven years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Amazing. <laughs> this episode is coming to an end. And I don't want it to finish before you take action. Take a screenshot of this episode and text it to your spouse. Let them know you're thinking of them and how you can better your relationship. If you both need a little handholding, grab Keeping It Hot the workbook for fun, low pressure conversation starters to get to know each other on a whole new level. Or if you want to rip the bandaid off, if you want your dynamic with your partner to take a leap forward while you also dig deeper and fast, read Swing. The audiobook is on Audible and I narrate it. You can also request the paperback or the ebook from your local library. Whatever action you decide to take, be proud. It takes courage to move the plot of your story forward, even just a little bit and small steps every day really do add up. Keeping It Hot with Ashley Renard is a production of Manitoba Woman Media, produced by Elizabeth Krauss. Original music by Echo Drop. Production assistance by Lauren Petraglia.